Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Hey, everybody. Before we get into today's episode, I want to share with you a company and a product that I am super excited about that I have personally used and had incredible results from. And I think you will too. The company is called HVMN and the product is called Ketone IQ. You can find them at hvmn.com. Like I said, it's called Ketone IQ. They have a few products, but this is the one I'm going to speak to right now. I have been fascinated with the ketogenic diet over the years and figuring out is keto right for me or is burning carbs right for me? And for those of you that don't know the difference, we're either burning sugars, which is carbs, or burning fat, which is ketones. In order to get into ketosis, it's usually a difficult process. I want to keep this as simplified as I can for you guys. A lot of people try the, keto, the ketogenic diet, but they're not able to withstand the discomfort that it takes to get into it. Sometimes you have to fast for a couple of days, eat a lot of fat, and so on. But now... This product allows you to have drinkable ketone shots that gets you there right away, fast, without having to do like a crazy long fast. I know it sounds a little bit crazy. And believe me, I've tried so many different supplements out there from MCT oils to exogenous ketones to ketone esters, all of it. This product is the best. And here's why. I, dur during my 75 hard journey, I really wanted to try out the different diets. I personally love eating meat, fruit, eggs. That's like my, probably my, my favorite diet for sustainability while I travel. But when it comes to cognitive function and body composition goals, weight loss, if I want to lose body fat and I really want to be dialed in, there's no better diet for me. Or there's no better lifestyle than being on the ketogenic diet. Now, this is sometimes challenging to sustain because there's so much junk out there that, um, especially in these bars that we eat, you go to Whole Foods, a lot of it's junk. A lot of this oils that are in it, it's junk. It's hard to stay in that zone. But with these guys, they have these, these bottles where you can pour little shots of these ketones when you're... Um, either before a workout or during a workout, it'll give you that boost and it'll take away that hunger instantly. And I tried this. I went on a, in a fasted state. I was boxing. I was doing two workouts a day with 75 hard. And I would use this product and I would literally be in a fasted state the entire day doing two workouts. Now, I don't recommend doing this for the average person, but if you're an athlete and you want to achieve high performance, I encourage you to, to push your body to the limits. And that's what I did. So I would work out and then I go boxing and I, and I'd be scared because, oh man, I didn't, I, I'm super low on my carb storage right now. I, I, I haven't had any carbs and I've been training a lot. So I would, I would be afraid to go do a high intense workout like boxing. But then I had a shot or two, two doses of this. And I immediately was like, wow. Okay. And it was just enough to get me through the workout. And I'm talking high intensity as well. Normally, when I'm in the ketosis state, I run out of energy. So I almost need a little bit of carbs if I'm training hard. 
this product really helped me a lot. And not only was it, did it help me with my fitness goals? I leaned out a lot, but it helped me with my cognitive function. Now I love eating carbs. I love training and eating carbs as well. But like I said earlier, sometimes it takes away my mental focus. So this, like say I wanted to do a podcast, I would have this with some tea or a coffee and I was just dialed in. Okay. So if you guys are curious about the ketogenic diet um, and, or you, and you're, you're curious about how to get into that um, state of burning ketones versus carbs, this is the product to check out. I highly recommend it because there's a lot of things out there I've tried. A lot of them are junk. Some of them are good. There's no caffeine in this or anything like that. And it really just gets to the source and helps you achieve that. So when I use these, I was like, wow, these, these things are amazing. Like, I don't say that lightly because I've literally treated myself like a human guinea pig and tried it all. And sometimes I'm like, man, this stuff doesn't work. And, but this stuff, I really noticed it. The problem is I went through it so fast. It, <laughs> it, it went quick. And because it's so high quality, it's not the most, it's not the cheapest product, but you're paying for quality. And I want to offer this to you guys for 10% off at checkout. And I really want to hear how you feel about this, because if you're anything like me, you really want to achieve optimization. And as we talk about, you know, what it takes to overcome adversity, you got to be operating. Your vessel needs to be operating at peak performance because life can get challenging sometimes, our mindset, all of it. And if we can have things that can help us stay focused, stay high energy, it's going to help us move through the adversity. And so I, I only like to promote products that I feel really help me and that I think would help you. So go grab some Ketone IQ. These guys are awesome. Go HVM, HVMN.com, Ketone IQ, enter the code Lance at checkout for 10% off. That's L-A-N-C-E for a 10% discount at checkout. Go to HVMN.com, Ketone IQ, enter the promo code Lance at checkout for 10% off. I promise you, you won't be disappointed and I freaking love these products. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We have a great guest today. This is a good friend of mine, and actually one of my coaches as well. She's helped me through a lot of different things. And, you know, mindset, business, spiritual stuff. Um, she's awesome. And we're on a very similar path with our, you know, book writing process. She finished her book before mine, but she's also somebody that's traveled the world and um, is very big into intuition and feeling into that and you know, getting a deeper understanding of what that is. And we cover that specifically a lot in this episode is um, we cover you know, what intuition is and how to kind of understand your intuition and you know some of the behaviors you have maybe the trauma responses and discernment and the difference between all of that and uh, we go into it um we covered a lot here and it was a really entertaining episode and we dive deep into Deidre's book turn your light on which is you know the framework for all the work that she does 
And she's also getting into some new adventures and new things um, around relationships and that she's working on. So we talked about that also. And we did go deep into uh, talking about, yeah, you know, the attracting different people into our lives and why we do it and how to, you know, work through that so that we start attracting the right people that are actually meant for us. So we covered a lot here. It was a great episode. And uh, listen to it right till the end, guys. It's uh, it's definitely worth a listen. You may want to take it in two pieces, two bites or two, two sections or whatever, um, depending on how you listen to podcasts or watch it on YouTube. This is a good one. So if you don't follow Deidre yet on social media, make sure you do. Her information is in the show notes below. And again, like I said, we're going to discuss her book. So make sure you get a copy of her book and we go through the framework. So I know after you hear this, you're going to want to. So, all right, guys, enjoy this episode with my friend, Deidre Siriani. Dee, welcome back. It's been a while. Uh-huh. It's been a while. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> We've had lots of, lots of chats. A lot has happened since the last time we chatted. I think it was, what would you say? I think it was, uh, would have been 2019. Yeah, it's or, been a couple of years. It's been a couple of years. The pre-COVID days. Yeah. No, it wasn't pre-COVID. It was like. Or was it during? It was like the beginning of COVID. It was the oh. first COVID. I got back from traveling and I remember because I was renting month to month out of the place that you know, we were doing our interview at our, our, we had our conversation through. So yeah, that was like, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's been a while still. <laughs> yeah. How much has your life changed from back then? Like I always like to kind of, when this comes up, I like to always ask, you know, like what was the biggest thing that changed for you in that, from that time period till now, is there anything really that stands out? Or has everything just sort of evolved naturally? You know, it's funny. I was walking today and I was thinking about that as I was grabbing a coffee of where I was, I guess, two years ago to where I am now. And it feels like I was on this pathway. I was on this trajectory of just making things happen. And then everything stopped in the world. And then now it's like everything's opening back up and I'm It's almost like I'm going back to where I was two years ago, like on my plan, on my life's plan in a way. And so the biggest thing that's changed for me since then is a lot of things have fallen away that aren't aligned. A lot of friendships, a lot of a lot of friendships and a lot of awareness of like myself of, you know, I think the biggest thing is when I came back during the pandemic. I wanted my life to be the same as it used to be. And I'm not talking about like, yeah, okay, yes, traveling and all of that. But I had a huge growth before the pandemic and I was on that momentum and I was I was stepping into that. And then the pandemic happened and I came back to an old environment, which was Vancouver. And there were a lot of things that I had outgrown that I really honored my intuition with. And being back in Vancouver, At first, it was fine. I was like, this isn't my home. You know, I had that intuitive hint, like this isn't where I'm supposed to be. But I was kind of forced to be back in Canada, right? So if anything, the biggest thing that's changed is it's really illuminated what isn't for me. 
And it's shown me that I don't have to check twice or three times to see if something is for me or not for me. And if, if that makes sense, as in like, and the kind of person where if I'm, if some, if I'm coached from a coach or someone that I'm working with and they, they illuminate something, I'm like, oh, like maybe that is true. And I'll go down that path as far as I can to see, is this really true? I'll turn all the stones over. Even if I have an inner knowing, like mm, that might not be it because I'm open. I'm open to being wrong. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the last couple of years is I'm usually right pretty quickly. And I, I already know and I don't have to turn all the stones in relationships. I don't have to turn all the stones with career related things. I don't have to turn all the stones. Like I already always know. And I have to stop double checking or going through experience to potentially prove myself wrong to come back to the conclusion my intuition was always right. That's interesting. Why do we, why do you think we do that? Like, why do we, because I can relate with that so much. And I'm sure a lot of you guys listening can too. It's like, we know we have an answer yet. We try and almost say, Oh no, I'm just going to put that aside. That's, that's maybe the answer, but like, we know it is, but we still try and prove ourselves wrong. Why do we do that? Yeah, I think part of it comes down to patterns from childhood. Like for me growing up, I always felt like, oh, my feelings aren't valid, right? And so many of us have been taught that our feelings are valid, we're wrong. And so for me, I, you know, five years ago when I really shifted my life, I went through like a big, you know, change and woke up to... I need to change my life. I need to listen to my soul. That was really where I made an agreement with my intuition that no matter what, <laughs> if my intuition tells me to do something, I listen. And that's true. If my intuition is like, move here, do that, do this, I listen to it 100%. And when I feel something is right or, or maybe, maybe I'm wrong and I backpedal, I think that comes from a place of, fear of being wrong, but actually wanting to make sure that my intuition is right. And I think for me, especially like as we develop our intuition, it gets a little bit trickier because there's like trauma and things that are stored in us that cause us to potentially step away from love, step away from what we want, betray ourselves, take acts that aren't aligned with what we truly want because of old patterns. And so once we've healed those traumas, well, there's still parts of us that are like, well, my mind and my programming is telling me this is the best decision for me, but my body's telling me that's where I need to go. And this has been like probably my biggest battle within self in the last, we'll say five months or so. I moved back to the city in Vancouver and literally as soon as I moved into my new apartment land, my intuition's like, this is temporary. And I was like, I just want to be in one place for a while. I just want to like settle down. I just want to like have a normal life, whatever that means. But I know on a deep level that I'm supposed to travel. I'm, I'm a global, global child for now until I find, until everything aligns. But the biggest work I've been doing lately is like accepting myself and me like, no, this is my path. And, and maybe it doesn't make sense to everyone else, but that's okay because it's my path. And when I honor my path, when I listen to it, everything always shows up in the perfect timing for me. So that's really about not resisting myself. 
And that's, that's been my work. <laughs> and it continues to be my work over and over again. Yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, there's, we have so many similarities in our lives, you know, kind of like how we talk about intuition. And it's such a fascinating topic to me because you know how we get these messages and how there's there's almost like a scale of like a strong message where you you know it's like a fuck yeah like there's no no doubt about it but then there's like then there's like some that are sort of subtle and you're like is it or isn't it and would you say then that the level of trauma that you have is almost like almost like it, it it's it's shading the the intuition it's almost like the intuition's the light right and it's like it's it's like a shade like would you say the trauma is like a shade and the amount of the depth of the trauma is like the thickness of the shade so you kind of see it a little bit but mm. then it's covered but then when you heal that trauma it's like it starts that light starts to come a little brighter would you would you agree with that totally I actually, so funny story. So sometimes like we run away from what it is that we want. And I think you and I were talking about something similar recently, but I remember, so this is like two years ago, this is pre-pandemic. I was in Bali and I was co-facilitating a retreat with a couple of people that I absolutely love. And there was this guy that I really liked. Okay. And he like, and I don't mean like checking things off the list, but same value, same mission, great guy, all the things. And him and I met a few other times through some mutual friends. And we were, we were part of a, part of a retreat together in Bali. And anyways, the last day of the retreat, him and I were sitting at this place called the Pyramids of Chi. It's like this amazing sound healing place in Bali. And I start giggling. He's like flirting with me. He's super into me. And we hadn't really talked over those, you know, seven days of the retreat because I was doing my thing. He was doing his. And we just weren't really in contact. And I had the biggest crush on this guy. And so anyway, so we're sitting at the Pyramids of Chi and, and all of a sudden I'm giggling. I'm laughing. Little girl laugh, like so crushing on this guy. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I'm like, I have to go, right? And I get super uncomfortable and uptight and I'm like, oh, I have to go. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I have some client work to do. And he's like, see, I thought you had the week off of clients because of the retreat. I'm like, I feel I have, I have stuff to do. I'm super busy. So I like, I like get my backpack. I like put all my stuff in it. I basically run away from this guy that I was like totally aligned with what I was wanting to call in at the time. I get on my, on my scooter and I start scootering out of town. I'm like full on scootering, full blast, wind's blowing. And I'm going, I'm literally going out of town. And I realized probably 30 minutes out, didn't know where I was going. I was just going out of town. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm getting, I'm out of the city that I was in. So I pull over and I remember sitting on the side of the road in Bali and just being like, what am I running? And I realized I'm running from what I want because I don't feel worthy of receiving it. And that was a huge moment for me of like, oh my gosh, 
I don't feel worthy of being with this type of person. So I literally ran away. And that's tricky because in the moment, the feeling, the discomfort I had around him, some people may think it's trauma, right? Like, oh, like your gut's telling you something. Like I felt really uncomfortable and I literally like ran out of there. He's probably, what's going on with this girl, right? Like, where's she going, right? And he's like, let's go for dinner. I'll meet you. Like, you know, he's being such a sweetheart. Like, let's go get massages. Let's go on adventures together. And I was like, I gotta go. And I like ran away. And so I realized in that moment that I was running away from what I wanted. And at that time, so that was about three years after I went through a divorce and I was in a very mentally and emotionally abusive relationship where my husband would tell me, you know, like would talk about my looks, would tell me how to dress, how to talk, would finish my sentences. Like it was really bad to the point where, although I had done a lot of the personal development work around it to like overcome the challenges and I was you know, living the life that I, I I really loved and out there on a core level, I didn't feel worthy of receiving the type of relationship that I wanted. So I literally ran away from what I wanted. And so in life, sometimes actually a lot of the time we, we run away from what we want, but it's not always that obvious. And sometimes we're telling ourselves it's trauma. We're like, oh, like my body said no. And that sometimes is just a lack of awareness of what's going on. And so for me, that was huge. And that really changed a lot for me because now I'm aware when I have those feelings and I'm like, oh, this is coming up. Great. I'm not running away on scooters anymore. But we do that with like love. We do that with money. We do that with things that are good for us. And oftentimes with trauma, you know, as like the undercurrent of it all, is it usually makes what we oftentimes it makes what could potentially help us heal feel wrong right mm -hmm. so so for example if we talk about dating i'm all about like relationship these days is is you know we talk about like there's the avoidant attachment there's the anxious attachment there's the, the cure well a lot of the time like what it is that we truly want we're not attracted to because it's the opposite of potentially our wounds and we have to heal our wounds, heal our traumas, reprogram our nervous system so that what it is that we want, we're attracted to. I remember after my last long-term relationship, which ended about three years ago, that's Prince in the background, my cat. Prince, <laughs> I, likes, to Prince likes to show up. I love that cat. He, he needs to be around. Oh, he'll huh. be around. Prince and Princess Isis. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we, we push away what it is that we want because our nervous system is sometimes we're not attracted to the things that it is that we truly want. And so we push it away. And so after my last relationship ended, which was about three and a half years ago, I was single on purpose for two years because I was like, I'm attracting men who don't really treat me well. And I knew it on a conscious level, but I was still attracted to like the guy who was a little bit of a douchebag, the guy who was a little bit like, oh, like you're not this enough, that enough, pretty enough, whatever. And it's really interesting because once I really did that work about, you know, did most of that work about two years ago, all of a sudden I wasn't attracted to that anymore. I was actually like unattracted to men who were like that, who weren't potentially super nice and sweet. And it changed the game for me. And I was like, wow, like our nervous system, we have to reset it to what we're attracted to. And a lot of that does have to do with trauma. And a lot of the time it just has to do with what we're used to, right? Mm -hmm. 
It's interesting. It's such a complicated thing, like relationships and attracting the partner. And it's interesting about what you said about you haven't healed it, then you're not. Okay, can you repeat that again? Because I just want to get a better understanding. So we were not attracted to that person until we heal that. Or can you explain it? I think that's really helpful for people because that's I, it's making me think different. Yeah. So I want to kind of like, yeah. re, I want to reiterate that. Yeah. So, okay. So, so we, we won't actually be attracted to what we truly want until we heal and reprogram our nervous system. Okay. So for example, I was attracting, I remember actually, this is funny. Another moment in Bali. I've had a lot of moments in Bali with men. (laughs) I was in Bali probably like four years ago with my ex-boyfriend and he was like such a ladies man. Like, you know, he had all these girlfriends and the, the great thing about that relationship when he was like, had all these like gal friends and, and was like unfaithful and all those things was it actually strengthened my sense of worth in so many ways because I'm like, I'm not my looks. I'm not this. I'm not that. So I stopped identifying as superficial things. So that was huge. Mm. And I think oftentimes when we're in relationships where we're hurt, betrayed and all these things, we're like, oh, I'm not enough. But actually what happened in that relationship was I was like, oh, I am enough. You're just you know, you're, you're stuck on superficial things. Right. That was really cool. But I remember being specifically like in the rice fields and there was just a bunch of uh, things that occurred with him and I over the last, like, I don't know, week or so with women in Bali. And I looked at him and I was like, I think I have daddy issues. And he's like, huh? What? Like, he was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I think I have daddy issues because I don't understand why I'm with a guy like you. Wow. And he was like, so, and and I think he like laughed or something or, or we brushed it under, like, you know, swept it under a rug. But I had a lot of moments in the relationship like that, where I was like, I would realize like, I don't know why I'm so attracted to you and why I can't get enough of you and why I'm in this relationship when this is the way that you operate, like it didn't make sense. And like, I'm confident. I'm like, you know, like I feel good about myself. Why am I in this relationship with this man who, you know, really, you know, isn't treating me well? It didn't make sense. And so that was my first clue. So the first clue that we potentially have some reprogramming work, which I really believe comes from taking time to not be in relationship, like on purpose, didn't date for two years. It was the best decision I've ever made in my life. And, and I remember like I stayed in that relationship for about another six months to a year after. And it was like, we were best friends. We had a great time together. There were a lot of amazing parts of it, but on a foundational level, we didn't have the same values, same visions. And I was dating his potential. I was dating the person that I thought he could turn into. Right. Right. And we do that a lot in relationship. We're like, oh, like, you know, you could be this, especially if you're a coach or you're an optimist. Like I always see people's potential, literally what I do for a living. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, like, you know, I can see you there. Mm -hmm. But if the reality isn't matching the future, the vision, the potential, then you might as well step away, walk away from it because 
you're going to be unhappy and unfulfilled, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to leave it at that for now because there's a lot that I could talk about relationship, but I'll I'll open it up if you have any questions, Lance, because I know you've got stuff percolating. Yeah, I just, I'm fascinated at, you know, the concept of like a trauma response versus like not doing something because either it's a trauma response or it's just discernment. Like, how do we know if it's, if, if we know if it's like, Oh, this, you know, potentially maybe the trauma is saving us from a bad thing or a a decision we shouldn't make or, or it's, it's like, we're, how do we know the difference and how do we, I guess the, the bigger question is, what are some things that people could maybe identify with that, hey, maybe this is a trauma response or maybe like it doesn't have to be a trauma response. Maybe you're just good at discerning a situation. Like what is the difference? Like how does somebody, how does somebody understand that in you know, a world that we're living in where they hear the trauma, they hear about all these personal development words and concepts, but then you know, maybe they're just good at discerning and not choosing something that may seem like they're a trauma response, but it's actually just them making a good decision. Like, how does that, how, what would you say to that? This is like so good. This is such a great question. So, okay. So the first thing is your intuition is usually right. Okay. Your intuition is usually right. And our intuition typically speaks to us right away. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, if you meet someone for the first time, your body will typically respond to that person. And an exercise that I get some people to do to start to practice their intuition is to go to a coffee shop and just pay attention, put your attention on three different people, you know, for a minute at a time and stand with your feet hip distance and see how your body responds to them. If your body tends to sway forward, usually that means there's an energetic pull there and you probably should talk to that person because there's something beneficial, whether that's relationship, business, there's something good about that person that resonates with your body, okay? And this is from a place that like you're not trying to make anything happen. You're just observing your body as you pay attention to certain people. If your body tends to sway forward, you energetically are getting a little pull to that person. Could be a beneficial person to talk to, right? Mm-hmm. And this is how I operate my life when I meet people. I'm like, oh, energetic pull. I'm going to go introduce myself to that person. If your body doesn't move, it's neutral. It's meh. You could meet that person, talk to them. It's not really going to do anything good for you or not. It's not really beneficial. It could go either way, right? And then there's that your body starts to move backward. And that's that not good for me. This person is not necessarily good for me or this relationship. So that's a really simple way as far as like seeing how your body responds to random people. Okay. Mm -hmm. So simple process. And you can also do that with foods too. Your body will tell you if the food is good for you and your body needs something in it or not through the same thing. Your body will word that. And you can do this at the grocery store, which is kind of cool. And uh, so there's that. So Our first impression of people is usually accurate, but it's also interesting because we have the internet today that's super sparkly and not necessarily true. So internet aside, when you're around someone in a physical space, energy doesn't really lie. And your first feeling around them, if it feels expansive and exciting and warm and good, 
that's usually a sign that that is a warm and good feeling about that person. Your intuition's telling you something about them. If you feel neutral, it's neutral, right? And you might be, you know, moving something forward based on logic. And then if you feel a contraction or like, I don't know why I just don't trust that person. And it's literally within like your first impression of a situation, a person, a new environment, whatever. I would say that's right. And I say that's right because our intuition speaks to us so quickly. And then what happens is oftentimes our mind gets involved. And we start thinking about, oh, that person reminds me of someone or, oh, you know what? This is reminding me of a past situation. And so um, so I don't feel safe hmm. or this is reminding me of this. So it is a go. Or we start going under mind and checking things off of a list of what we think we're looking for in a relationship or whatever. And then we actually move away from our body. I was talking to someone the other day about it. And, you know, actually it was yesterday I was speaking to someone's mastermind and, and everyone is like talking about how they're in their head. And I actually don't operate any of my big life decisions through my head at all, because I know if I do, I am moving away from flow. I'm moving away from my intuition. I'm moving away from what's going to be easy for me and what's true. I literally only operate from my space of my heart and my gut. Those are my two guiding factors, mm. right? And so when you talk about discernment, well, discernment comes from practice, right? So for example, if we're talking about dating, I just, this is like such a great conversation because it's super relevant for me. And what I'm excited about these days is learning about relationships is if you're like, okay, this person's lifestyle is like this, and I've dated someone like that in the past. That's discernment. Oh, like that doesn't align with me. So I think when we think when I when I think about discernment, Lance, I think of I think of my values. I think of what's important to me. I think of personal experience, but I'm not necessarily thinking about, oh, they're going to hurt me. You know, I'm not thinking about necessarily trauma experiences. I'm thinking about real experiences of like, oh, like we're on different paths, you know, uh, misalignment in values, different lifestyles. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking more about those foundations. And I think when it comes to relationship to ourselves and relationship to others, we need to look at values, what we want in our future, your mission, your vision, all of those things. And if there's misalignments in some of those areas or deal breakers, well, that's discernment and that's honoring yourself. And sometimes in life, we can meet someone who's like, oh, it's almost it. But there's kind of a deal breaker of something like, I know that's not what I want. And then we try to make it work and then we hurt ourselves and we hurt other people in the process because we're operating from logic and we're operating in lack mentality as though what we want doesn't exist. Mm. So we just covered a lot. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And sometimes it's like when we make a decision with people or things in our business, right? And if it doesn't go exactly as we thought it did, we think of it as, oh shit, I made the wrong decision. But like, there's so many factors that we can't see that we are only projecting what we think was the outcome that we wanted. And it didn't work out at the time and the, this, the place that we thought. But really, you met that person 
or did that thing or made that business decision the best you could in the moment. And it may not seem like you got the result or the person, but they had like a, a, a critical, they were a critical piece of the puzzle of life that is leading you to where you are. So it's like, it's easy for us to look at things. I've done this with relationships, business decisions. I mean, you've heard me talk about it. And it's like, it's so easy to go back and go, oh, I shouldn't have met that person. I shouldn't have done that. It's like, you did the best you could. Like, fuck, you know? Like, And I think it's hard because sometimes we, we have this expectation of it needs to be like this with this person. And if it's not, then it's not the one. And it's like, well, maybe that person was just meant to take you a little bit of the way, take you a little step in the way. And then you met this person and then this and that. It's like, it's so easy to get caught up, right? And this like, it has to be like this. I have to meet this person and it ends up like this. And, and, and it just makes you feel if it doesn't work out, like you're, like you're, you're not doing something right. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like these expectations that we have. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, again, going into our logical mind. It's not going into our emotional self and our physical yeah. body and what our body has so much wisdom. Like seriously, so like crazy, like our body will tell us right away if something is for us or not for us. Our body is giving us messages all day long. But when we're stuck in our logical mind, we're creating obstacles and we're creating blocks and we're actually interrupting the flow. I really believe and like when I think about business opportunity or I think about relationships or anything, I do feel like we have cycles, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the last two years we've been in a cycle and a lot of the things that I was working on were on hold, right? And that's, that's final. It happened for a lot of us. There's been a ton of blessings. But it's also like this, those, those, the right opportunities, the right people will circle back if it's meant for you. There will be other opportunities if that is right for you or another person or another opportunity that's similar or even better for you will show up for you. And it's just, it's just, there's just these cycles because we have our destiny. We have what we're here to step into and we're going to continue to have those cycles. And sometimes, a person or the same opportunity will cycle through to you a couple of times and you won't be ready for it and you'll be in your mind and the universe will be like, okay, well, that opportunity and that person are going to, they're going to have a cycle that's going to work for them and click. And your cycle is going to take maybe another year or two, but you're going to have another cycle. It's like a merry-go-round. It's like you get your opportunity again. Yeah. Will, Will this person be ready? And I think that relationships are their learning blocks. Like one of the things that I do every single time I'm, you know, completed, you know, I've completed a project that I'm working on or, you know, I've finished dating someone. I, I do a list of all the great things that happen, all the things that I learned from the experience. And I'm like, wow. And sometimes it brings me to tears. Like that person was so amazing. And it still didn't work out because of these deal breakers or these things or, you know what, this project, these are all the great things about it. And these are the things that need to be better if I want to continue to do this kind of work. So I think of like relationship and business kind of similar in those ways. I always look at it from what were the blessings? What did I learn about myself? Like when I think about my ex-husband that I was in a relationship with for eight years and all the things that I went through, I'm like, thank you. I literally had to get so sick in my body to finally step into my truth. I had to get so sick in my body 
in order to step into what I'm here to do. I had to have all of those experiences so that I can help all these people now. Thank you. Like, what a blessing. There's no other way I would have the type of experience I have to be able to serve people if I didn't go through that. Maybe I didn't need to be in it for eight years. Maybe not yeah, eight. That's crazy. Years. Maybe five or four, but I got a master's degree or beyond in, in, in trusting self, intuition, and healing the body. Thank you. You know, the relationship after that with the man, I am not my physical body, you know, and it dissolved all of these things around my ego. Thank you for that lesson. Thank you for showing me certain things that I really want in a relationship. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's so many good things when we take a moment, but also looking at the things that didn't work. And I was out for lunch with a friend the other day and he's going through a, a breakup. And one of the things I recently did that a, another friend of mine suggested was write down all the relationships, revisit all the core relationships you've had and write down all the things that made you feel really special and amazing. So I did. And then write down the things that made the relationship not work. And so for me, I did that. And then what I did was I created a new model of the relationship blueprint that I want. So I know exactly what I want and I know my exact deal breakers. I'm like, okay, this, 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 and this right away are discernment deal breakers. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, all these other things are aligned with this person. Oh, but there's this. Oh, that's not going to work. Discernment. It's not trauma. It's me taking the time to reflect. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good exercise to do for anyone who's looking to call on that person. And also to know what you want and, and what doesn't work for you. Would you say that the things that you want in somebody that you should do first? Like if you want to call in somebody, yeah. would you say that, uh, you know, you make a list of the things that you want, but then you got to embody those things too first? Yeah. What would you say I, about that? I would say, I would say that's true for sure. You know, if I, if I wanted to be with someone who takes really good care of their physical health, well, hopefully I take pretty good care of myself in that way. I, I, I do feel that's true for sure. And people offer different things to the table based on their personality and we can't be everything. I can't yeah. be everything. You know, I'm a really like goofy and funny person. And, you know, I like to, I like to laugh. I like it when someone can make me laugh a lot. And, but if I wasn't goofy and funny, I'd still might really want that in a partner because I really love being a goof and, you know, going on adventures and just like pissing ourselves laughing all night. Like that's important to me. Yeah. There's certain things, but like, if I wasn't funny, I still might be like, oh, I really like being around someone who's this, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, there are some things that we cannot fully embody but we know that it, it's something that we really like. Yeah. Cause I think there's, no, that's very well said. I just think there's people out there that including myself, I've done it in the past. I'm like expecting this person, they have to be all this, but then I go, well, are you doing that? And I'm like, Ooh, no, I'm not. Right. It's kind of like, it's a mirror. It's like, if I'm expecting, like you, you said it right there with getting in shape. I'm like, if I'm not in shape, how can I expect somebody to be in shape? Or if I'm not doing the work, how can I expect somebody else to do it? You know? And I think a lot of people are like, I want them to do it so that they can like rescue me from my life or something. Right. It's like you do yeah. all the things so that you can complete me. It's like, well, no, you complete yourself first. And then, you know, you, you want to complete human like, so that you can shine brighter together. Not like I'm, yeah. I'm broken. You can just fix me kind of thing. Like the Disney oh, story. 
right? Oh yeah. And I, I was in a pattern. I was in a pattern of that for a little while where I think we all are. Yes. I was, I was in a pattern of like when I was dating a bit where I was attracting men who like wanted me to coach them. Like, like I wasn't, I wasn't stepping in as their coach. Like it's what I do for a living, but it was like, <laughs> He came to me for like life guidance on things that like, this isn't sexy. I feel like your mom, like I, and you know, and I was like, oh, like, no, I don't want to be someone's coach. Cause it, I felt like I was their mom. And I'm like, dude, like go see a counselor, go do the work. Like, don't bring that to your, like the girl that you're dating. Cause it's not attractive. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it's interesting to notice those things for sure. And I was talking to a friend of mine. I mean, a lot of my friends and I talk about this stuff and it's, it's just interesting to notice the patterns that we're in, what's showing up for us and like, okay, well, what am I, where am I not being clear enough or where am I potentially giving off that this is what I'm looking for? And it's, it's, it's super interesting stuff. I want to kind of shift it, but stay with the intuition thing, because I yeah. think I want to talk about my own experience with you working with you and, yeah. you know, how powerful it was. And, you know, you really, there was a lot that you helped me through when I made a big decision to sell everything, you know, with my intuition, right. And tapping into that, you know, doing Cambo or combo, however you explain Cambo, yeah. Cause you have this like spiritual medicine woman in you too, which is interesting because you have the business side, you know, you have this like bubbly personality, but you also have this like mystic in you also, which is, which is, I found very interesting is that, you know, cause a lot of people don't have that. They don't have like both and you do. So it was fun working with you in that way. And maybe if you could speak to the listeners about that and about the Campbell experience and first, like maybe explain what it is and maybe we can go down that path as to like how that can help you tap into your intuition. Because I made some massive decisions that were so clear to me that literally a day or two after we did it, I was walking to the cru I remember just cruising down the street going, I sound like I'm singing cruising down the street. My, I'm, I'm cruising down to choices. Yeah. And I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, I have to sell everything and get the hell out of here. Yeah. And I was like, because at first when we did combo, I was like, it was just so purifying. I was like, whoa, like this is crazy. But then I was like, okay. And then I just asked kind of like my intuition, like, all right, let's, let's go. It's go time. Like, give me some stuff. And then out of nowhere, boom, I was like, you need to sell this. You need to like, let go of this. You need to move your, you can't allow new things in. If you have this energy to Vancouver and there was all this information. I was like, I was like somebody just coming down and giving me the hammer of like, it's like my big brother, just like, Hey, you got to do this. Right. And it was so clear. Yeah. And that came from doing Cambo. So yeah. maybe let's, I just want to explore that a little bit. And I mean, we could take it whatever because yeah. it was so powerful for me. And I just wanted to share that with the listeners. I love it. So, so I love that you brought up the mysticism and, and business and other pieces. I actually like the deepest essence of who I am is I am a medicine woman. I would say 90% of what I do is that work. 10% is what people see on the surface of what I present, but there's a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. So thank you for acknowledging that. And with the Cambo, so I want to kind of lay out a little bit about the work first so that yeah. people understand 
why I did it at a certain space in our work together, because this was like very divinely timed Mm -hmm. and precise. Perfect. Yeah, let's do it. So we started working together because you had all these life choices and things that you're doing in your life and business, right? And so we worked through things on different levels, coaching, reprogramming, up-leveling, activating. So there's the releasing, there's the activating, and then there's the co-creating. Those are the three main steps. The releasing is releasing things that don't serve you physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically, spiritually, activating your higher gifts because we're kind of like Christmas trees. We have all these lights within us, but most of us don't have them all activated. So we can't bring our full energy and momentum behind what we're doing. And then there's the co-creating with the universe, which is where things happen really quickly. So we did our Cambo session in stage three. Mm -hmm. I think beginning of stage three that we did our Cambo session. And the reason why we did our Cambo session on stage three of our work together was because it was time to really cleanse your vehicle of any residue of anything that wasn't in residence so that you could fully expand into your beingness. Because we were already doing intuitive and instinct work in the past. Totally. So what happens is, you know, you know, if I think about trauma and the work that I do in, in that arena, we can work on the mental, the emotional, the physical, the energetic, the spiritual with that stuff in phase one of the work. And it's really powerful. We have big shifts. But guess what? Our body remembers. Our body keeps score. And although we can release all this stuff from our organs, there's still residue. So I like to think of us and our physical body and our organs, like you can reprogram, you know, things in your mind, you can reprogram organs, you can do all of this amazing work to shift things. But at the end of the day, if you're, if you have a pattern in your body that's been there for a very long time, there's still residue. It still has to be completely purged so that it can kind of regrow, reset. So where Cambo is really powerful, it comes from the secretion of a frog in the Amazon and no frogs are harmed in the process. And basically what we do in the ceremony is we create these gates, we create these holes, these these light burns on the skin. And with men, it's typically here. With women, it's typically on the ankles. However, when I work with people, sometimes I'll do meridian points, chakra points and all of that. It's very intuitive. And what we do when we go into ceremony is we get really clear on like, okay, Lance, like what's your intention? What do you want to release? And you and I did a warrior day together, which is like two or more sessions in a row, which is so fitting. So fitting. And just like with what you're stepping into, you know, what you were stepping into at the time, I was like, oh, we're doing a warrior day, man. Right. So the medicine goes into your system and it's like, just, it feels like this tingling warmness that goes into your body. You feel your face, you feel your heartbeat, you feel everything. And the medicine goes to your organs and the parts of your body that are the weakest that need the most amount of healing. And what it does is it brings the energy into those spaces and it helps you purge out unprocessed emotion and energy that has been storing those organs. Typically per session, there's usually one, maybe two or three different things that are released but usually there's one main focus. So based on what you purge out into a bucket, because you do purge, you drink a lot of water to like, you know, get into the system, we'll read your purge bucket. And based on the purge color, we'll know what was being cleared from what organ and what emotions was coming out. 
And so there's all these different emotions and things that come out. So the way I look at Cambo, it's like fine tuning. It's like once you've done a lot of the heavy lifting and all of that, it's kind of like building a house. You built the house and you put, you like hammered everything together, but now you need to clean the house and put on that polish on the outside Mm. so that it's protected from the external environment, right? So that's like the polishing. It's like shining a diamond. But the problem is, is a lot of times with medicine, which is why I don't market myself as a medicine woman and do these ceremonies just one-to-one is I actually need to fully prepare the person for that experience so that it's exactly aligned with where they're going and what they're creating. And so that they're not going into unhealthy environment and patterns and behaviors that's just going to reclog up their system and bring them back to where they were before. Because there's a lot of people who do Campbell all the time and it's amazing. It's great for resetting your nervous system, clearing your lymphatic system. There's a lot of peptides in it, which is really good for healing inflammation. If you research it, you'll learn a lot about it. You need to set yourself up in order to be living that kind of life where when you do a session, it's adding to your life. It's not like, oh, it was an experience. And then I self-sabotaged and I kept going into these environments and drinking alcohol or whatever the thing is, right? So- Cambo is super powerful. And it's also good for manifestation. It's really good for manifestation and luck. So it's used as well to open you up to receive more because you're clearing your energetic field. Yeah, it was it was one of the m- most challenging things I've ever done. It was it was really interesting because, you know, I've done I, I wouldn't say I'm like an experienced veteran with plant medicine and psychedelics, but I've done you know, more than the average person. And as far as the purging aspect, you know, I'm not really a puker that per se, even when I drink. You look like a pro puker. I'm pretty sure I still have a video on my yeah, phone. I know. And it was I remember my it was like I it was it was scary. I felt like this anxiety. <laughs> And it was great, but it was what I, what I, it was very challenging. And like, I like how, I, I like how it's, it's kind of like once you, like, I like that analogy. Once you've done the work, then it's not just like, let's go into the plant medicine and just go at it. It's like, no, there's a lot of stuff you could do first. And I think having that at the end was like, was good because I think that's important to mention too, is that there's a, there's a lot of foundation that should be explored first before diving into things you know like psychedelics or you know it doesn't have to be psychoactive but just other things there's other stuff that you could work on first mm-hmm. before diving into like you know whatever and yeah that that was really helpful you know but then i still went back into into like this is what i find interesting is going back into old patterns it's like i thought we fixed this like it's like it's crazy right and but i think that's just kind of how life goes right what do you what do you think about that when let's say let's say people you worked with or just you in general like you you go through you do some work you do some excavating and then you're like all right and then it's like what why am i back here again what the fuck just happened i thought i got rid i thought we i thought we dealt with this yeah that's that's a really good question so so as humans, when we have a big expansion, we naturally contract. It's normal. When we think of the lungs, we're constantly breathing in air and releasing air, breathing in, releasing. So anytime we have a big expansion, we will have a contraction. But the question is how, not even the question is how far do you go? You're never going to contract fully back to where you were before. You might try to, to try to 
fool yourself or play mind games with yourself or whatever, but you're never going to contract to where you were before. So what it looks like is we have this expansion and then we have a contraction because it's like life or breathing is like our lungs. But I believe a lot of the time we go back into old environments, old ways of being because we don't trust the expansion enough to actually focus on where we're going. And I've done that before. I've done that for sure before, like in the space of like relationship patterns, in the space of where I'm living in the world, like you know, it's like, okay, well, until I figure out that next place, I'm going to go back to Vancouver until, you know, until I know the next location so that there's some comfort here. And that's okay. But literally, as soon as I moved into my new apartment, my intuition was like, this is temporary. And I was like, man, I know, I know it's temporary. So it's like, it's about giving ourselves grace when we do that. And also knowing that it's okay not to know. And it's okay to, you know, it's okay not to know. And it's okay to be in an in-between space, but know that you're in an in-between space. Or it's okay to go back to old environments knowing, oh, you know what? It doesn't feel the same way it used to, which is a sign you've outgrown it. And that's where instead of focusing on trying to step back into, as I like to say, an old pair of jeans that don't fit, it's like, oh, maybe I need to get a new pair of jeans. Maybe this isn't the right environment for me. So Oftentimes when we sabotage after having a big expansion, it's actually just a sign that this is no longer for us because it doesn't give us the kind of comfort it used to. And it usually makes us sick. And that is amazing, especially like Cambo and all the intuitive work and stuff that we did. Your body is speaking louder to you. So you can't tolerate your own bullshit anymore. You're like, man, I used to tolerate this, but now it's really bothering me. And that's good because it's a sign that it's time to move forward. It's time to trust. It's time to expand, right? Yeah, no, I love that. It's so interesting, your journey as well, When because the things you're talking about, I resonate with about like the cities you're in or the towns you're in and feeling into like, I'm all about that too. Like literally that's all, I based all my decisions on how do I feel. I'm going to yeah. wait until so, some of my buddy I'm traveling with, he's like, man, why do you wait so long to make a decision to book a flight? I'm like, I'm not making it until I'm ready to make it. Yes. I'm like, I don't care. The The Airbnb will show up. I know that the flight, the right flight, if it's meant to go, it'll be easy when I look it up. It'll just be like, oh, how how nice. Oh, this place is awesome. Okay, this is where we're going. If there's yeah. this like, oh, I got to find this spot. And it's like stressful. It's like, okay, hold on. And I've learned to trust that. And it's like the place that you're in. I love that when you're like, oh, this is temporary. Like not all people are like that. That's why I find it interesting with you. It's because we both can like feel into that as mm -hmm. far as like navigating life that it's like, we don't always have to have all of the steps figured out, but it's like in the moment, if you can feel into how does this make you feel? Okay, great. It's like, mm -hmm. but it's scary for people to, to live like that because they want to have control of the, of, of the situation or safety. Speak to mm -hmm. us about that. How do you, how do you how do you feel in a situation, make decisions that may not be feel safe like that that safety net that most people want, but when mm -hmm. they have it, they don't necessarily they're not fulfilled by it, but they do it because they're like, well, what if shit doesn't work out? I better have have this job with the security or whatever furniture to call my home. Like, how do you how do you figure that out when you want to travel or? where it's like, you just got to go into it and trust that it'll work out. Does that make, I don't know. I kind of asked you like 10 questions there, but. Well, I'll try to answer all 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the first thing is the life that I live isn't for everyone. 
It it really isn't for everyone. I feel a call and I know that where I am on earth, like specific locations is important for me at this phase of my life. Will I always live in different places? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know all the answers. I'm not pretending I know all the answers, right? But what I do know and what I've learned about myself is that when I don't listen to my intuition, I actually physically get sick. I'll manifest things like I'll get a psoriasis outbreak if I'm if I'm lying to myself or I'm in a toxic relationship, like my, I will literally break out in psoriasis. So that's like one of the ways my body speaks to me, but I can't not live in my truth. And so the first thing that we need to know is if we're not listening to our intuition, if we're settling for less than what we want in our life, we're manifesting symptoms of dis-ease and discomfort. And that's the first sign we're out of alignment, out of integrity with ourselves. So mm-hmm. It's about getting honest with that and saying, okay, well, what do I really want that I'm not giving myself permission to ask for or go after? And then start to take some steps. You don't have to take all the steps. You don't need to travel and live out of a suitcase like other people that you, you know, are are watching on on social media or whatever. It's just about, okay, like I, what is my body trying to tell me? And what is the first thing that I need to do? I believe based on my observation of the people that I've worked with over the years is most people don't think they're worthy of receiving what it is that they want. I shared a little bit about my story of running away from a guy that, you know, at the time could have potentially been like a really great partner. Who knows? Maybe not. Right. But I had that awareness of like, I'm running away from what, what I want because I don't feel worthy of receiving it. Most of us don't go after what we want because we don't think we're worthy of receiving it. So we don't want to leave our current life or furniture or home our relationship because we're like, what if this is as good as it gets? What if I only get to get the 50% of what I want? What if the 100% doesn't exist? I've had to do that in relationship a few times and it's scary and it's releasing. I've had to do it in business, starting my new business five years ago. And as I like grow and shift my business, but every time I lean into that discomfort and I'm like, you know what? I'm not settling. Something magical happens and opens up. So that's the first part of your question. The second part was, how do I make decisions? So last fall or last, you know, around this time last year, I was figuring out where I wanted to be. I was like, I don't want to be in Canada. I need to move again. And I was like, do I go to Bali? I've loved Bali. I've spent a ton of time in Bali. Do I go to Costa Rica? Oh, Costa Rica has been calling me. And I was like entertaining those two. And I'm like, Bali is easy. I've lived there before. Costa Rica, I'm really being drawn there. But I wasn't getting a strong pull. It wasn't like pulling the trigger, time to do this now, intuition all in. And I was in battle with myself, Lance. I was like, oh man, like I'm going to rent out my house. Like I'm going to do all these things. And so what I did first, I tried to control it because sometimes I get a little controly with these things. I'm like, I need to make a move. I need to go all in because I don't like being in a between space in any area. Mm-hmm. If I don't feel like myself. So what I did is I noticed I'm trying to force something. I'm trying to make something happen here that isn't wanting to happen. I'm not sure on the location. I'm in logic. Okay, I need to step back. I know Costa Rica's there. I know we need to do some stuff there, but I don't know if it's right now. I want to make it right now. Bali is easy, but this doesn't feel quite right. So I stepped back and I had a conversation with the universe and myself. And I said, fine. Probably looked like something like this. Fine. I won't, I won't make a decision, but I need to know by, I think I said August 25th. I need to know 
by August 25th or September, whatever, that where I'm going. So until that date, I'm going to step back. I'm going to forget about this decision. I'm going to go along with my day in my life. But by this day, universe, I need an answer. So what happened was I was going about my life. I was like, okay, rented out my house, did all those things because I was trusting in the universe, trusting that I was going to get guided. And so literally the last day of my mastermind retreat, everyone left. And it was actually the day that I asked the universe for clarity on, which I didn't know at the time. My friend Karen comes to the retreat center after everyone left and her and I were hanging out that night. And she's like, hey, I'm going to Mexico. I'm moving to Mexico next month. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to Mexico? And I was like, you're the last sign that I need for Mexico. And she's like, what? You were thinking about Mexico? Like, well, I've had all these signs for Mexico, but I didn't really like Mexico last time I was there. So I was like, I'm not going to Mexico. But I had like friends down there. You were down there. I was down there. You remember down there. And, and it's easy. It's close. The time zone, everything. And I was like, okay. So I said yes. And then I ended up at the retreat center of James Twyman, who's my favorite author in the world. He inspired me to potentially want to write a book one day. Finished my book there. Became friends with him. He wrote the foreword of my book. Mm -hmm. And now him and I are working together. And all of those opportunities happened and others because I wasn't trying to control things. And also because I demanded I needed to know by a certain date. And guess what? The universe delivered. I love that so much. And you were so... Let's, let's dive into that. Let's dive into this. is a perfect segue into your book. Like it couldn't be better. So you went to this cool little town that's like what it what was it called again? Ahihik. Yeah. And it's like a super spiritual around the lake, like you. And I was debating whether to check it out too. I still am. I still part of me wants to go there. Talk us talk us about that and like the inspiration for the book. I want to hear like why. Why did you call it turn your light on? Like, what does that mean to you? And you're yeah. like, why out of all the, the things you could have called it, why is that the, the, the title for the book? So it's the title of the book because five years ago, I started to remember my past lives and I had a vision of being, well, there's a, I'll tell a few pieces of the story. So I remember looking down on earth and there were two ancient angels behind me. Like I'm talking about ancient angels, long beards, big men behind me. And they're like, it's time to go now. And I was like, I don't want to go back down. I don't want to go back down there. And they basically pushed me down to earth. And so when I was in Bali about six years ago, I really woke up to all of my past lives and specifically why I've been brought to earth and what my mission is. And then I started to have these memories of looking down on earth with other planetary leaders and I was turning people's lights on. And that's what I was doing. I was literally like just down. I was looking around at like light council and other people that I'm also supporting and helping. And I was turning lights on and I was like, oh, I'm here to turn lights on it. And I'm here to help other planetary leaders turn other people's lights on through their magic, through their wisdom, through what they're here to deliver, through their medicine. And so really that vision was, you know, five, six years ago. And ever since, I've just been listening to the call. I've been doing the work and I've been doing this work of turning people's lights on specifically with a core program of mine and an event and all of that. 
for the past three years. And it's just been listening to that call and trusting it and and stepping forward with that. And so what turning your light on is, you know, there's four stages of turning our light on. Stage one, our light is off. And it's kind of like being in the forest in the middle of the night and our flashlight doesn't work. Well, that's pretty scary. We're going to stay stuck. We're probably going to hang out by a tree. We're going to have fear. We're going to have anxiety. We're going to have physical pain and ailments because we're not moving forward. We don't know how to listen and trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be disconnected from our ourselves and the world around us, right? So that's stage one of turning our light on. And what that looks like in the world today is depression, anxiety, fear, disconnected from purpose, disease, all of that. Then there's stage two. Stage two is the flickering light stage. Sometimes your flashlight works and you're on and you're moving forward and you have clarity. And sometimes out of nowhere, it turns off and you go back into sabotaging mode, kind of like what you mentioned. You go back into fear mode, contraction, back to safety, all those things. And, you know, maybe coping mechanisms of alcohol, sex, distraction, food, whatever it is, right? And what happens at stage two is we're having these things that are triggered that we're not necessarily conscious of. And because we're not necessarily conscious of it, we're going back into old default settings. So at stage one, what's needed most with our light off is we need to develop our intuition. We need to heal our trauma and we need to have someone to support us to get out of the dark so that we can kind of start to wake up and see. Stage two with the flickering light stage, what that looks like in the in our life is we're not consistent. We don't trust ourselves. Sometimes things go really well and then they go really not well. We go back to old behaviors, kind of as you mentioned, and we're not making the momentum and change that we want. And it's frustrating. And so at this stage, we really need to reprogram our subconscious belief systems, revisit some trauma work to see if there's anything kind of left and, and lingering, and also have a guide and support system to a guide support system and people who are on a similar path to us so that we are showing up and overcoming obstacles and not giving up and quitting when we're triggered, right? And then there's stage three. Stage three is the bright light stage. We have a lot of energy. We're great at a lot of things. We're doing things that we love, but we're usually building up other people's dreams. And we have a lot of projects on the go. We have overwhelm where we have shiny opportunity syndrome, we're taking on too much and we're overcommitted. And what happens in this stage is what we truly want to move forward, our souls calling a real deep purpose of what we're here to make an impact in the world with is on the back burner because we're so caught up in getting the quick hits of external gratification of what we're good at. And we haven't learned to deeply trust not only in ourselves, but more the universe. And what we're talking about here with deep trust and going all in on that one thing because we have a fear. And so that can show up in business, that can show up in relationships, that can show up with so many different things, right? And so in this stage of turning our light on, what we need to learn is how to master our energetics. And this is more of like, you know, the higher level stuff that I was talking about that you and I did. And also we need to learn how to quiet the noise so that we're not getting distracted with things that aren't it pretending that they are it, which is kind of a way of self-sabotaging in a high-level way, and to the external world doesn't look like self-sabotage. We need to get clarity on our path and have a guide who's been there to help us move there. And we need to be on the path with other leaders who have a similar mission and path so that we have that momentum and strength to keep going into the space of the unknown. Because as leaders, as visionaries, 
as creators, we're creating something that's new that hasn't been done before. And because it hasn't been done, it's easy to distract ourselves. And so at this stage, that's what's needed most. And that's where a lot of people get stuck and they get burnt out, resentful. And they're like, oh, I don't have the time, the energy, whatever to go all in. And it's really, it's just the trust and they need to learn how to quiet the noise. And you and I talked a little bit about you know, values, discernment, and all that stuff. The more you know your true identity, the less you sabotage because it's like, oh, that isn't it. It's the 80%, but I'm going for the 100%. So I'm going all in. I don't have time for the 80%. And then stage four is the laser-focused light. And this is where you're on mission, you're on purpose, your light's bright, you know where you're going. You have people showing up to help you the whole way. You're not self-sabotaging. You're not distracting because it actually hurts your soul. And it's so out of alignment that when you do it, you get sick or, you know, something happens and you're in legacy building mode, you're in flow mode, and you're really just doing what you do best. You're not distracted because you know who you are and you're not willing to compromise for anything less than what you're here to do and who you're here to be. And that's what we all thrive for. and in my book, Turn Your Light On, it's, it's time to wake up to the truth of who you are and who you're meant to be. I take you through an 11-step process that I've been developing for the past decade of studying with shamans, you know, really learning how to master and heal our trauma in a quick, proactive way, not a way where you have to be in it for, you know, 10 years, how to release karma and things that you've been holding on to energetically, how to master your rituals and really master your energetics, how to actually understand what your purpose really is, not what you think your purpose is, because those are two different things. And I walk you through it in the book. So that's what Turn Your Light On is all about. I love it. It's a great cover too. Thank you. I'm Thank you. I did that cover. You did and a great then, job. And, I know and then I would pull it, change it. And then I was like, nope. No, you did. You went through, you went through a lot of shit along the way this is you know you who went through your own university of adversity on the book process yeah initiation i've been through a lot of initiations and my first order of my books got stolen and i was like okay well just think of all those people that need their lives are changing now because of that totally so what you so here's what i here's a takeaway that i got from that and let me know if this is right because i think this is really important obviously there was lots there but so what really stood out to me was the clearer you are with your values and who you are, like defining who you are in your life, creating those boundaries for yourself, you know, the truth of who you are, getting clear with that in business and who you want to be as far as like who you want to attract is going to make it easier for you to have that bright laser because you're not negotiating with yourself, right? Like you you have these non-negotiables, you've created this. And when you aren't clear and you're flaky on yourself as far as like your standards, what you stand for, your mission, then it's easier to like fall out of the laser mode and into like flickery mode again, right? So it's like, would you say that the clearer you are and that's like the most important factor that somebody can do right now is just get super clear on their values and and what they want. Is that is that safe to say like if someone was to take the first step is to like cuz that's what I felt that's what resonated with me. I was like, "Oh shit, okay." Cuz when you're saying that, I was thinking about myself. I always think about it. And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, like it's when I negotiate 
with myself that I find myself falling off track because I'm not clear enough. Yeah. And that's, and that's the stage that you're at. And yeah. so that's not necessarily the stage that everyone else is at. So I just yeah. want to bring that up. Mm. Knowing your values is super important, 100%. Sometimes we don't know what we want because we have given our power away to people outside of us mm. because we have unhealed trauma and or we're in the wrong environment. Right. So if we were to look at some first steps, it depends on what stage you're at and what resonated most. I have a quiz mm-hmm. that I can give that I can drop the link for, Lance, that people Perfect. can, and it will literally tell them based on their stage what they need to focus on. So it's the turn your light on quiz. And, but the, the big thing, I, I think the most important thing that really changed my life was, first of all, like realizing there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with anyone. Like there's a lot of belief systems that something's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. The only thing wrong is your belief system that something is wrong or you're in the wrong environment and you're doing things that go against your true identity, right? So I think the first step is to ask yourself or even practice that exercise that I shared earlier around your intuition. What in your life today feels heavy, contractive, or doesn't make you feel good about yourself. And I would say the first thing that really changed my life was actually letting go of the baggage and the weight of other people's expectations. I left an eight-year relationship. I, you know, left a career behind with a past business that I was like, had a lot of success with. I literally started dropping things that were not it so that I could discover what was it. And that was hard because I was like, I'm already like, successful. I have all these opportunities from the outside looking and it looks like everything's great. I think a lot of the listeners are probably there right now where it's like, I'm living a pretty good life that people want. But if it's not it, it's time to release that 60%, that 50%, the things that you're compromising with, let them go so that you can move into flow and discovery of who you are. And I highly recommend the quiz because it's going to give you specific things to work on. But I would say, let go of what's not working. Get out of environments that don't feel good. You don't need to explain yourself to other people. And naturally, the next thing is going to present itself to you. I love it. And I can't wait to read it. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to get it because I've been traveling. But it's, it's I love I the- you a copy. I love the framework of it, though. Like, I'm intrigued by just, thinking about that and it's great it's a great way of illustrating the journey of somebody's life and yeah that's and i'm glad you brought that up that you're like that's where i'm at doesn't necessarily mean that's where you guys are at it's like identifying where you're at and that's why that point really stuck out to me because i'm like when i was doing 75 hard 75 days it was like no there's there's nobody's going to take me off this so it was like easier to make decisions because i was like does this align with 75 hard? No? Okay, well, I'm not fucking doing it. Like, yes. it is literally like that. But I noticed that when I was that serious about something in my mm-hmm. life, that committed that no matter what it's getting done, it showed me that that level of commitment that I had as a young buck with hockey, it was like, I have to do this. And, you know, I get to do this. But, you know, with 75 hard, it was a great way to be like, okay. And it made decisions easier. So I think like, when you have something that's so solidified, it's like, does this align with the person I want to be? If it, or does it take me away? It's like, it's an easy decision, right? 
I love that so much, Lance, because like that's one of the questions that I I ask myself a lot. And also I ask the people I work with, like, is this 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 obligation, this relationship, this commitment, this thing that you want to create? Is it actually aligned with your vision of where you want to be five, 10 years from now? Is that moving you towards it? Is it a distraction? Is it a weight? Is a, you know, like, isn't like, what is it? Where is it coming from? And if it's not aligned with that, if it's not moving you forward, you can let it go. And some people aren't quite there yet. But if you are there, that's an amazing question to ask yourself because it makes things really clear. Right? Yeah. Love that. I love it. So where can everybody, they want to learn more about you and check you out obviously you know you got a lot happening and is there anything else well we'll send them to the book but i was just curious if there's other things you're working on that people can get excited about too yeah and so the book's one thing which i'm really excited about the quiz take the quiz to find out where you're at because then you can start working on some of those core pieces there and yeah you can just go to my website if you like it's just radicallyaligned.com i have different things i'm working on i am developing something in the space of relationships right now which has been something that i've been working on in like the back end behind the scenes for actually it's the first time i've ever talked about it land so this is kind of big i've been working on this in my own personal life for it feels like five years and i think i'm going to be launching a program in the new year for relationships which will be really interesting and then on instagram it's i am deidre suriani i'd love to connect and hear what landed for you and lance it's so good to be here i love your show and what you're all about and it was so fun working with you because you're such a powerhouse and i love like how you just go all in with everything and that's why you're successful and and why people love listening to your show Oh, I appreciate it, Dee. It's very kind. I don't know if I can agree fully with some of that. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, you know, I know you personally have seen a lot of my, my inner challenges, and I'm, you know, I'm open them with with them to everybody. You know, I, my, my biggest thing is always myself. It always has been. It's like, oh, it's yeah. you, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's. But I, I appreciate, you know having you in my life, and you know all that we've been through together, and you know with you know, with coaching and, you know, even, you know, getting together in Mexico and in Sayulita, it's, it's been great. And I think, you know, we're both on this journey, very similar journeys in different ways. And yeah, I'm grateful. And it's, it's great to have you back and, you know, we'll have you again down the road. <laughs> I, I have, okay, hold on. This is kind of off flow. We're still going, we're still recording, but there's a question I have to ask, or it's going to fucking bother me. I have to ask. No, I'm like nervous. Like, no, 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 no. It's around intuition. I have kidding. to ask this before we wrap up, you guys. It was, it was one of these things where I don't want to have the, damn, why didn't I ask that? I want to ask this. What would you say is the difference between instinct and intuition? Are they not the same? I don't know. Are they? I don't know. I mean, I would, but I think of instincts, I think of like, I think instincts is like, I have to do this. Like, this is for me, right? I don't know. I'm doing a man's voice yeah. there. I think I'm thinking about animals, right? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then when I think of intuition, I think of like, I think instincts are really strong. And it's like, I need to do that. Like, uh, you know, I need to do that to survive. I need to do that to like, it's just a really strong pull. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I might be totally wrong. This is just like what I'm feeling. 
And then intuition is more of like, it's more of, it can show up in different, I think they're the same. I think it's just different flavors. One's feminine, one's masculine. I don't know. I love it. That's why I wanted to ask because I knew, I was like, you know, this is a cool thing because I've been, I asked it because I'm curious because what I've boiled it down to is like, instinct is like the animal in us. It's like the knowing, like we have to eat, we have to hunt, we got to survive. And it's like intuition is more of like that inner innate wisdom that we have of like, that's like that we have within us that we all have. And it's like, not everybody has access to it. Don't everybody doesn't know how to access it as well. And I feel like instincts is like that. Like we all know that we have to survive to eat. We have to, it's like they're yeah. same, same, but different. It's like um, feminine. I yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's that's actually a good way to put it. It's like that drive is the the, the drive is the masculine, the, the 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 instinct, and then the feminine is like the being and the feeling into the moment, which is the inst- which is the intuition. So it's like same, same, but different. Instinct is like run. <laughs> I need to run. Intuition is like I don't feel safe. Instinct is like I'm actually running. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, this I love like it. To like dive into. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. D, yeah, thank you so much. I threw that one at the end. No flow to that at all, but I had to ask you. Again, love you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Thanks, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It was so fun to record that with Deidre. I always enjoy talking to her. Sometimes we can talk for hours. And uh, yeah, that th- there was there was a lot. There, I would say my takeaways, if I had to, you know, break it down, would be the importance of getting to the root and healing our trauma and figuring out how to tap deeper into our intuition. And the better you get at healing your trauma and the stories of the past, the better you're going to get at being able to feel into that powerful intuition that we all have, right? So take the step, you know, figure out what it is you need to do depending on what part of the path that you're on. And as we talked about in Deidre's, in the episode with her book, there's different parts of the light of turn your light on and find out where you're at. And grab her book because it's a great way of learning that awareness and to be able to discover where, which part you're at so that you could take the necessary actions. And we can't expect to attract the things we want in our life. If we aren't, I just had a funny accent when I said life, life, if we aren't willing to do the work on ourselves, right? Like we are a work in progress. Nobody's ever going to have it all figured out. As you start to do the work, you start to get to the next level and then you're going to have to be faced with different levels of adversity, different challenges, and you're going to be ready for whatever you have, right? So commit to it. You guys commit to the path, right? Heal those stories, heal the trauma. And if you don't know if you have a trauma, there's lots of resources and we even talked about that. Like you can, there's certain patterns that show up when you have trauma and just really get clear with yourself as to, you know, what's showing up in your life. You know, are you sabotaging yourself? All of those things. And like I mentioned in this episode, for me, 
that what a huge takeaway was it's easier to stay committed to your path and not fall off when there you have your vision your values your mission all solidified even if it's just writing it down and you can look at it it's it's the non-negotiables of your life that you you have to take serious and if the life you're living and the path that you're on and during the daily activities and the daily life if something comes into your awareness and it doesn't align with who you want to be what or if it doesn't align with those things that you have your values or your you know your um non-negotiables then don't do it right it's got to take you further it's got to either align with who you want to be or don't do it and that's like that with relationships too and this is something that i'm going to take away and, and really do and think about the person that i want to attract what do they do what does that look like and start really getting clear as to like what you know what am i willing to bend on and what are the non-negotiables and when you're super clear and you set those boundaries within yourself it's so much easier when you're making decisions or when you meet somebody, right? Um, like not everything has to be completely set in stone, obviously, but this is just for you guys to take away and think about, you know, where I'm at in my journey is really just being super, super clear with everything and not, and just having those boundaries within myself and anything that comes in that may get in the way of that. It's a no, same with people, same with things and all that. So Powerful episode. Those are my takeaways. Really enjoyed it. Make sure to go get Deidre's book, turn your light on, and go follow her. She's awesome. Um, great human being. And as you heard in this episode, we work together and uh, yeah, we're good friends. So definitely recommend going and learning more about her work. All right. I love you all and you guys. Make sure if you haven't yet, leave us a review on Apple. It's greatly appreciated. It really, really matters. I love seeing the reviews. And if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, go subscribe or follow on Spotify. And we are available on YouTube now. So again, I always say, if you want to watch the funny faces I make when I do these in interviews, go check us out on YouTube. All right, much love, everybody. We'll catch you next time.